You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hi guys and welcome back to another new episode of Couch Talks. My name is Kat and if you are wondering what Couch Talks is, it is the bonus episode of Uni Therapy that comes out every single Wednesday where I answer questions that you guys send in to me and if you would like to send a question in, you can send that to Catherine at UniTherapyPodcast.com and hopefully one day I will get to it. Always, we like to remind you guys that, yes, I'm a therapist, and yes, I am answering questions that you send to a therapist, and at the same time, this is not therapy. However, it could encourage you to go. It could encourage you to talk about something specific in your own therapy process if you're already going. Now, if you can't tell, I might sound a little weird today because, gosh, I have really bad allergies, and I don't think I've ever had allergies until the last couple of years, but it feels like... I get like this every couple months and um, so I took allergy medication for the first time ever in my life yesterday, 32, and it seems like this is my new journey. So excuse my voice if I sound a little different. Hopefully we'll be on the mend by next week. Now, before we jump into the questions, we're going to get back to the attachment questions and I have one more that I want to share with you guys. I wanted to also thank you for all of the support you have given my friend Katya and her family. And if you listen to the last Couch Talks, I talked about Ukraine and how I do have a friend whose family is there. And it's really hard to, one, just know what's going on in the world, but also see somebody personally going through something that is so difficult and so scary. But you guys, you know, really surprised me. And I'm so overwhelmed with the support that you have given her. She is so grateful. And she's been posting where she's donating the money and what it's being used to buy. And it's very cool because you can see like your dollars going to like food for elderly people or food for soldiers or, or supplies and toothpaste for civilians who just can't get access to that kind of stuff right now. It's really cool. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can listen to last week's episode, the Stand With Ukraine episode, and you can follow my friend on Instagram. Her name is Katya. Her Instagram name is at 
nailsbykatia.tn. And you can stay up to date with that. You can donate to her Venmo. You can do all those things. If you want to know other ways you can help, I have a slide on the Union Therapy podcast Instagram page that has ways and then websites and links that you can get involved, stay informed, and help. So this week, we are getting back into some attachment questions. I have one question that I'm going to answer today. It's a little longer, so we're just going to do one. And I thought it was a really good question. I also reached out and asked if I could read this verbatim because I wanted to read the whole thing, but also sometimes I get a little bit, not nervous, but not wary. What's the word? I don't know. I just want to make sure that it's okay that I'm reading these things that you guys share to me that can feel kind of intimate. So here is the email. I got full permission to read it and here it is. Hi, Kat. I've been listening to your podcast for about a year now. And although you say it's not therapy, I have learned a lot about myself. I've been listening to your series on attachment styles. And of course, it makes me wonder about myself and the people I have relationships with and have had past relationships with. I'm 35 and have been married to my kind, supportive, hardworking, and loving husband for seven years. And we have had a reoccurring issue in our relationship where I feel disconnected from him emotionally. I feel good for a while and then every few months it boils over and we have, in quotes, the talk again. I have been in a few other dating relationships in the past and did not feel like this and actually quite the opposite, but we definitely had our other issues. After listening to your podcast, I think that I have an avoidant type attachment. So it makes sense in some ways that those relationships did not work out. For example, I was scared. What I'm wondering is, is the disconnect in my marriage actually a defense mechanism of my own? Meaning, did I know this was an issue from the beginning of our relationship, but I subconsciously knew I would not get hurt by this person because we don't connect the best on an emotional level. Thus, it was safe to marry him. I write this in order to maybe see myself as the reason we don't emotionally connect and not put all the blame on him. Thanks. Okay. I love this question. It's so good. And I love how deep this listener is thinking about her stuff. I really admire that about you. So what I can't do is answer this with a yes or no. We, we know that by now, but we can talk about it and we can talk about some ideas that are coming up for me here. Now, I kind of get the idea that this person is saying that they are afraid they chose their husband because since they couldn't connect emotionally, there was less of a desire to retreat and, and leave. Thus, they found themselves in a permanent commitment. Mm-hmm. While sure, that could be true. I think there's also room for this not to be true. And there's also room for this to be true and it maybe not even be a bad thing. I also think it's valid to say here that 50% of the population is secure. I want to remind everybody that. So I did this attachment series on the different attachment styles, and then we talked about in depth the two insecure types. Those are not the majority of people in the world, though. 50% of people do have a secure attachment. Now, even if I'm secure, that might mean that I might lean a little to one side of insecurity at times, but that's because we're not perfect. I don't want people to think that they have to fit into one of the insecure types if they don't, um, just because we talked about those and, and to have some kind of like confirmation bias. I want to just be very clear about that. Now, what I would want to ask you, the person who wrote this this email is, what are you looking for that you are not receiving? Or what do you want to give that maybe you aren't giving? These are all really important things that I don't know, which is part of why I can't directly speak to your scenario. Also, when you have the talk, what comes up? How do you come to a resolution? What does that look like? It's totally fair to say that you won't be deeply emotionally connected with your partner 24-7, and that goes to anybody and everybody in a relationship, and it's normal for us to have lulls. What we don't want to do is catastrophize those lulls, just like we wouldn't want to ignore them. What we want to do is get very curious about them. 
often our anxiety about disconnection creates a monster that is like much larger than the actual disconnection itself. So being curious allows us to explore what's going on in a non-judgmental way without an agenda, leaning towards one side or the other of the spectrum. Anxiety would say something seems off, something is bad, when in reality, something could be off, but it might not be bad. It might just be pointing us to a need that we have. Now, the part of this where you said, did I self-sabotage by marrying someone who I don't fully connect with as a safety defense mechanism? I don't know the answer to that. However, maybe you married someone whose style of attachment is compatible with yours. That can also be true. I don't think that every couple has to have this intense stay up, watch the stars and talk about the existential crisis of life type of intimacy that doesn't work for some people. And they might not connect emotionally that way. They might connect in different ways. And that's really okay. Like I think something I would really want this person to think about is how do I want to connect emotionally versus how do I feel like I should connect emotionally? Those are different and we don't connect emotionally how we should connect. It's how we do it because we're all different people. And to be honest, that type of connection, the like deep existential, like long emotional talks exhausts me at times. And I'm all about talking about feelings. I'm all about talking about emotions. I love those conversations and I want to know my partner deeply, but I don't want to have to like stare into their soul every single night. Sometimes I feel connected emotionally just by somebody noticing me. Like it doesn't have to be this, what we see as intense in like the movies and maybe on Instagram or all of that. Honestly, one time I was sick and someone I was dating offered to bring me medicine and cook me dinner. And that showed me that this person cared, was intentional about what I was feeling that day. I felt important and felt like they wanted to do something for me. And that made me feel close to them. That was an emotional connection for me. We didn't even have to say anything, but he was clued into how I was feeling and wanted to help make that better. Or maybe like one day I'm quiet. It would be meaningful for a partner to notice that and ask what's up. However, sometimes it's our job to say, hey, I'm not feeling myself. Can we talk? We can't put it all on the other person. One of the best things my own therapist ever said to me was, Catherine, you can't withdraw your way to connection. And my response was, well, I think that would be nice and I want to do that. But it's also not fair and it does not leave a lot of room for success, really. Like I said, I would also be very curious as to when you said you wanted to connect emotionally, what really do you mean? How do you feel that? And what did it look like in the past? However, at that same point, like what was missing in those relationships when you did have it? And then what did you notice that you wanted to run from? Now, maybe in the end, you are the one putting up these walls in your relationship and we need to figure out what it feels like those walls are. So when you have those talks, it's not about, I feel like you're not connecting with me. I feel like blank. It's, I know that I have these walls. I'm trying to figure out what they are and I need help from you to help me break them down so it doesn't fall just on one person because they might just be taking your cues that you don't even know that you're giving. And then what do we want to replace the wall with? If you're someone who's more avoidant, it would make a lot of sense that you, in quotes, want the connection. So then you have the talk, but then you back away because the connection is very scary. And I think this is more of what you're getting at. So maybe you become more curious about how your partner experiences you. It can be confusing when you ask for something, then you put up that wall, right? So like I said, then he just ends up taking your cues. And what we know is avoidant people want connection too. They're just very afraid of it. 
So maybe a conversation you have with your partner becomes less about, I want this, and more about, I'm scared of this. That right there is connection. Talking about vulnerabilities and insecurities is so intimate. Being fully seen in our scariest thoughts, that's connection. And that speaks to like my example earlier, like somebody I'm dating who gets to see me be vulnerable and sick and weak and not my normal strong, I can do it all self, that's meaningful. And for me to let them into that and then for me to let them help in that space and not like, no, I can do it on my own, that's connection. And it's scary and it's vulnerable. So I encourage you to have that conversation of like, what am I scared of? What are the walls that I'm putting up? And how do I want you to come in and help me break those walls down? And how do I want to take responsibility for me putting those walls up? Again, as always, this is one of those questions that I'm like, oh, I would just really love to have this person just come in for a, a, a full little session. But like I said, the podcast is not therapy. I just try to do the best I can helping you guys think of more ways to think about the questions that you're asking. So then you can develop ways to answer them yourself because in the end, that's what it's all about for us to gain more awareness of ourselves, to learn more about ourselves so we can actually take care of the things that come up instead of ignore them or feel helpless or feel lost. So I hope that this was helpful per usual, um, however helpful that may be. Again, you can follow my friend Katya at nailsbykatya.tn to help stay informed on what's going on in Ukraine and in ways that you can help support her, her family, and the people in Ukraine in general. And I hope you guys have the day you need to have, the week you need to have. I will talk to you guys again on Monday, hopefully feeling much, much better. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.